Hello, my name is Andy Stables and I'm the Director of Research at the Heinrich Foundation here in Singapore. I'm delighted to be joined today by Alex Capri, who's a Research Fellow at the Heinrich Foundation and also Visiting Senior Fellow at the National University of Singapore Business School. Alex is also the author of a new paper, uh, Techno-Nationalism and Diplomacy. This is a third paper uh, in a series on techno-nationalism and Alex, Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I wonder, could you just give us a, 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 a or remind us what it, what you mean by this term techno-nationalism uh, and then go in to look at this uh, this paper itself? Certainly. So techno-nationalism is is when a when a nation state essentially uh, equates the the level of innovation within that state and and the this the state of readiness of its technology companies. Uh, to national security, to economic competitiveness, and increasingly now to social stability, the role that technology plays in, in all three of those areas. So techno-diplomacy or you know, techno-nationalism with diplomacy attached to it is essentially the, the, the real politic uh, practice that, that countries engage in to promote their techno-nationalist interests. And that could be um, within uh, international institutions, uh, that could be uh, within uh, international frameworks of rules, free trade agreements, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and it can be around standards, particularly standards as they, they pertain to how technology is used. So you cover quite a few themes in the paper here. You outlined, I think, the major ones there. Um, tell me, what does this mean for, for governments? What does this mean for, for multinationals as they need to navigate this increasingly complex and politicized environment? Well, it's, this is very important for, for both state and non-state actors, particularly as we see the tethering of the you know specific uses of hard technology, uses of data, uses of digital platforms, we see those tethered to actual standards around things like privacy, um, values associated with freedom of speech, uh, values associated with things like uh, surveillance and monitoring. So as we see this this relationship between technology, those values. We're seeing from a, a, a techno-nationalist standpoint and from a diplomatic standpoint, we're seeing how the world is now beginning to fragment and it's beginning to coalesce around these different blocks of values with different countries. So in the paper, I talk about um, digital democracy, for example, uh, versus techno-authoritarianism. And again, those themes are, are central in those two competing models, if you will. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a section in there where you you look into the relationship between the US and uh, Europe, for example, and, and a very good example of, of the world fragmenting, but coalescing as well. Um, could you just give us a bit more of an overview on that particular relationship and, and how the two regions are um, apart, but also coming together in certain areas? Yeah, so so you know historically we're at a low point in transatlantic relations. Uh, you know we've had uh, tr uh, trade disputes, we've had you know arguments about uh, defense spending with NATO, for example, uh, and of course we have the EU, which is very proactive uh, in terms of its regulation of the digital landscape. So we have the uh, GDPR around data privacy, we have digital tax. 
We have the European Union going after uh, the big uh, American technology companies for antitrust. But despite all of that, because of this, this sort of recalibration process that is taking place um, with the European Union and China, and, and by recalibration, I mean the, the EU is turning away uh, from some of these uh, techno-authoritarian uh, practices. Uh, it's reacting to human rights violations that are being committed with the use of technology. For example, the, the intern, uh, internment of, of uh, Muslims in Xinjiang province, the national security law in Hong Kong, and so forth. So these things are uh, sort of pushing a pivot, if you will, between the EU uh, to the U and the U.S. around these common standards around privacy, uh, even though there are some differences, freedom of speech, et cetera, surveillance. Um, so we're seeing this sort of um, coming together, uh, not just the EU and the United States, but liberal democracies around the world in general are beginning to coalesce around these common values. Yeah, excellent. There, uh, there's a lot more in the paper. You take a look at um, uh, hybrid warfare, for example. But um, just in in in, uh, in light of the time that we have left on on this uh, short podcast, um, I wonder if you could just sum up the, the the key point of the paper, and then if we've got time to turn your attention to to what's next. So I think the paper, as you mentioned, Andy, is a progression. Uh, the first paper was about strategic decoupling. The second was about competitive innovation. This third paper is really about how the world now moves on to the next phase of techno-nationalism. Mm. Uh, and, and of course, that's going, to, that's going to involve going beyond the weaponization of supply chains. And that's the title of the next paper. So we look forward to that. Alex, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much.